Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think the books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Snowboard Kids 2. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> a game that was developed by Rackdom, uh, published by Atlas, and released in 1999 on the Nintendo 64. But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. And second, if you could drop a suggestion for Fanbruary coming up uh, in, you would have never guessed it, February, uh, that would also be greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. We want them. Uh, Snowboard Kids 2 uh, is a... I Honestly, so I didn't know that much about Snowboard Kids before we actually played this. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm surprised to be saying this. Snowboard Kids 2 is a kart racing game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> developed by Atlas and... Or, sorry, published by Atlas. Mm-hmm. So there was a name that I was surprised to see. Atlas. On a game that I thought was going to be like SSX Tricky, but actually it's more like <laughs> Diddy Kong Kart. racing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was surprised by a lot of things when we booted this game up. Um, and you race and you win the races. Uh, what are we talking about next time? (laughs) Yeah. I thought that I said that it's a cart racer at the end of the last episode, but yeah, but I don't listen to (laughs) me. Yeah. Anything that you say and definitely not the episodes. Yeah. So, uh, I, I suggested this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is a childhood favorite of mine. Um, to a degree that I feel like I didn't really realize. Like, I obviously really liked the game as a kid um, and remembered it and everything. But it's a game I revisited in, like, college and was surprised how, like, much I remembered every single thing about it. Like, it was really <laughs> ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a stealth, nostalgic favorite of mine, if yeah. that makes any sense. As a game that you liked a lot. Yeah, but then I kind of forgot that I liked it so much. I guess that makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't be able to name any examples, because I think that if I would, they wouldn't actually be examples. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that, it is a phenomenon, though. It's something I can definitely believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like kart racing games. Uh, this game did not change my mind on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It is interesting. It's got its its unique qualities to it uh, that I do want to talk about. And one of the things I want to talk about, and I feel like this is kind of a throwaway thing, which uh-huh. is why I want to bring it up right at the beginning to make sure that everyone knows that our podcast is 100% trash <laughs> and no substance at all. Uh, this game... Uh, more the reason I said Diddy Kong Racing earlier, it's more similar to Diddy Kong Racing mm-hmm. in that it is a game that has like a villain and a plot. But it is amusing to me how much of a non-plot it is. Mm-hmm. How the the villain is just sort of in the background and things happen to him uh, over the course of the game, and very little of what he does actually impacts anything at all. Uh, and I found this hilarious, like mm-hmm. from beginning to end. I thought it was extremely funny. Yeah, he's not really so much a villain as like he's like a weird little goblin man. Uh, his name's Damien. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like a blue little demon-looking guy. Um, it, I, like the the joke is that like he wants to be friends with the snowboard kids, but they don't ever notice or acknowledge him. Yeah, uh, which leads him to like do actually villainous things like towards the end of the game. Um, and he's and you have to race him and it's really fucking hard because he's super fast. But um, 
Yeah, yeah, it is like it is pretty amusing. Uh, at least how much of like a they do these little cutscenes and like to intro the levels. Mm. Um, you know, it's just like a presentation thing. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, fill in your no clip bingo card, or you know, take a drink. Um, but you know, has a very Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it just it feels like a, you know like something like Team Rocket, like a bad guy that's not really a bad guy, um, and yeah, yeah, it is. It's really amusing. It's great, and it's it's like it's always just sort of there. Uh, even when you're in like the hub town, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit, there's like a chance that he'll just be sort of like fucking bopping around, uh, and you can ignore him there too. Yeah, if you walk up to him and try to talk to him, he says hi, and your character just goes, huh. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what you want out, yeah. of, out of a main villain. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the subversion there I thought was extremely good because of sort of the style of game this is. Uh, another game that we played this year that I'm going to reference uh, weirdly is Ape Escape. I get mm. big Ape Escape vibes from this as well. Uh, I think that like visually it kind of looks like it. And so I was also thinking about how there are all these like side characters in that game mm-hmm. that don't really ever do anything or come up at all except for like the actual boss monkey and the kid who races you yeah uh so there's a lot of like it's it's one of those things where like it introduces these things and then it takes it in a different direction and i appreciate that because one i didn't expect there to be a plot in the snowboarding <laughs> game at all and, and two, it just sort of works. Like, the writing works uh, in a way that I was sort of surprised by. Yeah, and um, I'm glad this came up right away, because I think it's one of the things that, like, made it stick in my head. Is there's, like, a lot of little presentation things like that that I think give this game, like, a sense of place. Or, like, a little bit extra to its, like, presentation. Um, and it makes it feel, like, less arcade-y. Um, I don't know if you remember it or noticed it, but, like... Um, uh, there's like one of the skill uh, stages, like that we get to like uh, get to school in five minutes or whatever, like the speed uh-huh. challenge. Um, you get to see all the characters' houses on that, like where they all live on that course. And at the very end of it, like on the left, you can see like the backsides of the of the buildings that are on like the um, Snow Street or yeah, whatever, whatever that little it's called. area yeah. is called. So I always thought that was cool. Like it creates its own little. Saturday morning cartoon kind of style, like world, mm-hmm. you know. It's got its little, it's got its Springfield. Yeah, uh, it not famously not a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> no, <laughs> a weekday evening cartoon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, and that's I, I think I think that stuff kind of works. Like I think the the presentation of it, the fact that it has a little bit of a plot and a little bit of a world. Uh, and actually builds around it is very cool and nice. I don't think I I'm not gonna come in here and say that like, <laughs> hey, the the game really like has interesting characters that have a lot of development and stuff. <laughs> they have characters that all fit into sort of like a little stereotype and they they do things. And the the is his name Slash? Yeah, he's like the mascot character. Yeah, like the, the big main spiky dude. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, presumably was in Snowboard Kids 1. I know mm-hmm. even less about that game. Yeah, Snowboard Kids 1, I played after the fact. Like, I think someone in high school this game came up with, and they just gave me the first Snowboard Kids game. So oh, yeah. I was like, oh, sure, I'll take it. Uh, I think most of the same characters are in it, uh, but they all have different clothes on. And But um, 
and it, it Blasphemy. is Blasphemy. yeah i know <laughs> change those designs um but um yeah it is much more arcadey it's mostly just races mm-hmm. and no like extra stuff to it so i found it to be pretty disappointing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a uh, th- and this game does have it's like the meat and potatoes of this game and probably what we'll end up spending the most time talking about is the racing mm-hmm. but it it does in a very late 90s kind of way shovel in a lot of like these extra things think like the minigame house in mario party mm. and like the shy guy thing variety was the name of the game at the, the chow time. garden or whatever from sonic adventure yeah <laughs> like it is a uh that that like level of just like what else can we do with these mechanics? Ape Escape had a fucking racing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game says, well, we'll do like a speed challenge and a trick challenge, which makes sense. I wish a little bit that they had peppered those things into the main story a bit. Yeah, I, I think you're supposed to like, g- there are a couple of spots that are like clear difficulty spikes, I think. And I think you're supposed to then, when you hit those walls, think like, oh, like, I'll go learn how to do tricks better mm-hmm. at the trick game. Or, like, I need to learn how to go faster and turn better. So I'll do the speed challenge. So I think it's supposed to be a little bit more self-directed. But, yeah, it would be nice for the game to call more attention to it. Yeah, that were like... Because what I'm imagining is, like, if you did three races and then you do a trick. Like, one that's, yeah. like, get as many points as you can or something. I think would be more interesting. Kind of the way that Tony Hawk broke it down, where it'd be like levels with goals and then tournament levels. Yeah. Something like that, where every once in a while it just had you do something that focused on a particular element. Uh, Because it makes the story mode feel like it's totally separate Mm -hmm. from the other stuff. Um, And I don't know. It's not like that bad, but it's something (laughs) that that I did think about where I was like, I, I would look at those options yeah to look at and go "Mm, i got other stuff to be doing right now yeah it is easy to ignore them for a big chunk of the game and uh, you do have to beat them to beat the game but yeah they are very in the background yeah (laughs) so i don't disagree with that uh (laughs) um hub town hub town yeah the hub town uh so it's it's a classic um, little just, like, extra hub area to, like, tie everything together, like, all the courses. Uh, it's just, like, a just a screen you can walk back and forth across and, like, forward and backward. Like, it's got Z space. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can, like, you can paint your board, which I always think is fun. Um, there's, like, some tutorials and tips. There's, you can change your character, save the game. And then you have those three uh, challenge stages. Yeah. I do like the incorporation of that stuff as in-game things, as opposed to being, like, in a menu. Uh, I felt very... I felt great throwback to Earthbound. You gotta call your dad to save Mm. the game. I don't actually know who you're calling. (laughs) Maybe you call Mei Ling to save the game. I don't know. Uh, But you you have to use a phone to save the game. I'm not sure why that trope seems to be a thing, but here we are. Uh... And yeah, all the other stuff, like just continuing with the story requires you to walk around and, and do a thing and being able to buy things in a shop that's an actual shop. And, and not upgraded just boards. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, which is obviously the most important part. You got to get <laughs> no, speed board is, level yeah. too. Uh, 
<laughs> but that stuff, I think, I think landed well with me. And it was something where I was just like, this automatically, I know, raises a point in Andy's <laughs> perception of a game. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's got a hub town. Love that shit. Yeah, and I like that each of the, well, not each of them, but the trick games and the in the like the board shop like have the extra characters of like mr dog and coach who's a penguin um and once you beat uh certain challenge stages like you can use them in the store in the the multiplayer to race with which is fun yeah the uh is mr dog so we're gonna tell you this is mr dog part of uh-huh. the podcast. so mr dog is everywhere first mm-hmm. of all he's just like he runs the board shop and he's also the one who gives you a tour of the town is mr dog also the 2d dog in a hot air balloon i think so yeah so mr dog also saves you when you fall <laughs> off of the cliff there's something deeper going on with mr dog that we aren't privy to i think it's just that he owns like the like the ski resort or like whatever <laughs> like i think he he just like he's like a tom nook or something I think like he just owns everything. That makes sense. And the, I think the the 2D hot air balloon dog, the Lakitu yeah. of this game, is just like supposed to be like a little robot thing that goes and picks you up. Uh, and not like literally him. I will note, I, I ended up because well, you have a character select at the beginning of the game and you can change characters by going into the school. Mm-hmm. Um and the characters have stats. At the beginning of the game, it doesn't actually explain that to you. You just pick a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went with Wendy, which I realized was the right choice as I played through the story and realized that she's secretly the main character. Because <laughs> uh, she's like the inventor person who ends up making like she's a like shrink the, ray. She's like the Dexter. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the Jimmy Neutron or whatever. Or like the Futaba. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's got that kind of thing going on. And... Uh, uh, and so I, I honestly, it was very weird for me <laughs> to try and like piece together what the fuck this game was because it does go from snowboard kids to mm-hmm. where you snowboard down a, a mountain in the snow, yeah, very quickly to not no snow. Now there's a shrink ray and you like <laughs> snowboard in like somebody's room and. All of this other stuff, possible robot hot air balloon dog. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like weird just shit in the game that really muddies the water of like <laughs> what it really is. What's really going on behind the scenes at yeah. Snowboard Kids too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is really like has big '90s energy. Um, yeah, there is just like a lot of like weird creativity. Like, yeah, I didn't think anything of it because i played this as a kid Mm -hmm. but the second level is like a beach yep (laughs) uh like turtle island or something i think is what it's called which has got a great song a great track that plays um but uh yeah and you you started playing it and you were like i I noticed a distinct lack of snow (laughs) i was like oh yeah like 50% 50% of the stages don't have snow, like, at least. Yeah, no no <laughs> snow required. There's some... These are... See, that's the thing, though. I think the cohesive element to it, the glue that holds it together, mm-hmm. is Wendy and the technology that's there. These aren't fucking snowboards. They're called <laughs> snowboards because a long-lost civilization of human beings <laughs> in the year 1990X played 
with snowboards and the name stuck but they are clearly something else they are something that can ride on any all-terrain board they're an alter they're atvs all-terrain <laughs> boards uh that allow them to to take them into the jungle yeah they hover just like this <laughs> like a fucking millimeter off the ground yeah and, and for, for totally frictionless <laughs> boards uh no, that's I, th- that would be. We could pick that apart. I was thinking about doing it, but I realized how stupid it would be. Yeah, but I do want to mention that there are like areas in some places where there's water, and the way that your character interacts with water, I feel like is <laughs> a coin flip every time. Like there's a, a stage where the waterfall, and you go down it, and then you land in the lake, and you kind of go on top of the water. And then there's, like, another area where you go underwater. Yeah. And there's just no <laughs> difference at all. It just You just do a different thing both times yeah. without any explanation. Um, I guess it's better than having hovercrafts. So yeah. <laughs> I'll give it that. Um, I guess well, uh, we could t- continue talking about courses. Um, so uh, do you have any favorites? Uh, like I feel like the creativity of them is always something that's really stood out to me, and I was always really fond of Wendy's room, as a as a kid. Like as you mentioned, like Wendy shrinks you down, like all the characters, and then you just like race across like a weird, you know, Rube Goldberg childhood <laughs> room snowboard course. <laughs> and you gotta look out for the Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, you gotta look out for the Cocoa. I'm glad you called that out because <laughs> there's a. <laughs> There's a chorus in Mario Kart called, like, Chaco Mountain or something like that, and there's these big boulders that fall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like literally everyone who's ever played that game refers to them as Cocoa Puffs, <laughs> and it seems like it's also uh, something that the developers of Snowboard Kids did, because it's literally Cocoa Puffs falling. Yeah, there's, like, a chocolate <laughs> cereal obstacle in this game. Yeah, it's, like, the exact same thing. It felt like a little uh, reference. It could be. It very well could be. Uh, I, I, I hate... I love that you asked that question. I also hate that you that you answered that question because that was your answer. Oh, it's got to be right. Like if I talk about uh, my like, if I go into mechanics, I'm gonna have open a whole other can of worms. Mm-hmm. I don't want to open it right now. Yeah, uh, it's itching to be opened, but it'll, it'll <laughs> we'll come, get there. It'll get there later. As far as stages go, I, I actually uh, a brief story time back in like 2005, 2006 era. Uh, I used to play a lot of Counter Strike Source, mm. um, and but I was terrible at Counter Strike Source, and so were all of my friends. Uh, if any of my friends are listening to this, you sorry, suck. we sucked. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that I can do about that now. Uh, but we were teens, and that's why we were bad. Uh, so what we would do is we would play our own little game modes. And they, we would base them around these custom maps that you could download on a website that was called FPS Banana. And I don't know why it was called that uh, to this day. Uh, but there is a whole genre of stage that were called Rats stages, where you just were... They made big recreations of regular sized stuff mm-hmm. so that you, it felt like you were a little thing running around in a big room. Uh, and I fucking loved those. They were all really cool, and some of the maps were even well designed. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I've had this like long-standing love of the like amazing journey yeah. get shrunk down, the a plot narrative thing. 
Uh, and so Wendy Shroom obviously gets my vote. <laughs> Mechanically speaking, I fucking hate Wendy Shroom. Sure. Uh, but we'll once again we'll get into that in a in a slight bit. Um, and otherwise, I don't know. I there were a lot of stages. I I want to make the same joke that I always make. <laughs> That there's a fucking there's it's a snowboard game so obviously there's an ice world yeah and there's like a jungle and there's like a dinosaur level and yep. there's a fucking space level yeah you didn't get to it but there's like a haunted house level and um, a couple other things I changed my answer the haunted house level is my favorite level <laughs> yeah it's right after the space one okay uh, but yeah it's just like. The, it, it hits all of the, the bases that you expect, mm-hmm. and I think that, that Wendy Shroom just ends up standing out because it is the most unique of them. Yeah. So I do like that one. Yeah, I also, I really like Linda's Castle as well, and, and Turtle Island was always a, a childhood favorite. Yeah. Uh, just trying to think of like what to bring up, because I feel like the second half is going to be Mechanics Land. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the music. That's true. Uh, I did want to touch, we've, we've talked about them a little bit already, but like the challenge stages just mm-hmm. like um i guess you didn't well you know you played them all because like the speed and the the newspaper one are the same course yeah um i i think that those are cool I, I like that they have their own unique stages and don't recycle um just ones that you do in the story mode um and i think it's fun to do especially the newspaper delivery one because like you have uh attacks like already like you know items that you can shoot at other players so that this level just gives you like i think it's like 25 or 30 newspapers to deliver mm-hmm. uh, and you, you just shoot them by the use of the same mechanics i think that's fun um but yeah I, I don't know i just think it's uh cool it just it ties into that like the fact that the game has a story mode i guess you don't get this sort of thing in like a mario kart yeah and when they when they introduced the newspaper game uh, they're like, this is the, the snowboard times. Yeah. You can work here part time. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, they give you a tour that is, if I'm being honest, excruciating. Uh, it just, that goes very slow. It goes very, very slow. And then because they give you an in-universe explanation for everything, <laughs> you then have to go and look at all of them yourself before you uh, actually know what any of them are. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that like it was funny for him to be like, it's a part time job. But then you go in and it is this like newspaper shooting mini game. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cool use of the mechanics. I my description of the challenge stages would be challenging. Yeah, they're hard. Yeah, I just didn't beat any of them. Yeah. So uh, that I can't speak for. I don't know <laughs> what their rewards are or anything. So, yeah, they, they just they unlock the extra characters for the. Uh, the multiplayer, and also you have to do them to beat the game. So right, they yeah. don't get you anything like special, I guess. Uh, extra characters, yeah, were... extra characters. Well, yeah. Growing up, extra character was like all you needed to fucking say. Yeah, but I mean, and they don't I'd be into your thing. <laughs> yeah, they don't give you any like tangible reward for like the story mode, though. Right, no cat, no none of that hard earned cash. Yeah, no, no, you don't get any snow cash. You don't get snow cash for doing <laughs> the one that is built as a job, which yeah, is wrong. That is weird. Uh, crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can talk about the music. Um, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I always feel like it's a toss-up with you, though, whether or not you're going to like an old MIDI soundtrack, so I'm curious what you think. Uh, I think the soundtrack slaps pretty hard. Okay, yeah, it uses a lot of really cool synthesizer-style like, instruments. 
Yeah, it, it's a very, uh, it, it is like a very retro soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. this is the kind of soundtrack that you want to write when you do a, uh, like, a throwback kind of game. It's weird to listen to it now for the first time, because it isn't a game that is, like, canonized in the way that, like, fucking Zelda yeah, is. You haven't heard all these songs before. Yeah. So I get to hear this for the first time in its, like, native format, and it's it's really weird uh, because I'm so used to only hearing retro songs and sort of the the through a more modern lens, mm-hmm. uh, and so hearing it now, like I, I don't know, I thought it was really good. I thought that a, a lot of the songs uh, focused on that very like catchy melody stuff. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the best soundtrack in the entire world, but uh, it is like. It's pretty bopping, and it does a good <laughs> job for the style of game it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a a couple like once again, uh, this is like a really like a, a surprisingly nostalgic touchstone for me for things. There's I think the the song that plays in the the jungle stage, Crazy mm-hmm. Jungle, I think. Um, like I, I remember, like I listened to these like uh, like video game music compilation videos on YouTube when I work sometimes, and there will be a song, and I'll be like, "Oh, this kind of reminds me of that song from Snowboard Kids." Like, <laughs> it's it's weird, uh, yeah. Like if it has like a similar like organ or like keyboard sound effect to like this game i'm always like oh yeah that's like kind of like snowboard kids it's got kind of a (laughs) snowboard kids vibe yeah yeah so i i agree it's not like the best of the best of old soundtracks but like it is like weirdly uh memorable i think well we talked a bit about uh man this year Seems to be the year that we talked about games that I want to reference in this episode for some reason. Uh-huh. The two things that I was thinking of in regard to the soundtrack are Diddy Kong Racing mm. and uh, <laughs> and Pac-Man 2 The New Adventures. Because we made a similar comment about both of them is that both of the soundtracks are like good, but feel like they should have been better. Mm. And I feel like Snowboard Kids 2 is the same style of soundtrack, but is the better is version. better, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it hits all the stuff without, like, it hits the catchy, uh, like, melodies of an old soundtrack mm-hmm. in the way that you want Pac-Man 2 to do <laughs> without going into farmhand territory. Yeah. Which is where that game swerved for some reason. And then the Diddy Kong Racing does feel like a B-Sides from uh, Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which is weird. But it <laughs> this game feels like it is it, it is all killer, no filler. There, or there's a little filler. But, yeah. Uh, even the filler's good. I like the, like, sort of down-tempo track they play during the, uh, or in the... In the hub town. In the hub town. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and um, I guess to segue into the... Talking about the sound effects is another thing I wanted to do. I always refer to this style of sound effect as, like, a very Sega-style thing. I don't know how accurate that is, but... Uh, See, you just... didn't actually have a Genesis, did you? No, I, I, I played one at, like, my aunt's house. Like, I play, remember playing Sonic there. But um, um, it has, like, these crunchy, awesome sound effects. Like, I, I, I'm going to request that, like, you put the them in like one like of like just on the start screen like somebody hitting start and it's like <laughs> like it just makes like this crunchy mm-hmm. beefy sound effect that i love um and there's a lot of them. like when you save the game 
it has these like really prominent sound effects that are like really cool. Okay, yeah, I, I think that stuff, the UI stuff in this game, yeah, yeah, generally, generally is pretty good, especially in sound. The menus themselves are pretty basic. Yeah, you can't the, really fuck them up. I'm talking about them bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. The bleeps, sweeps, and creeps are a tier <laughs> at least. Yeah, uh, I want to say I like this game's sound effects. Yeah, that's probably better. But I don't like its sound design. It's a weird sort of mix, because I like the music, obviously, mm-hmm. and I like the individual sound effects, that they sound good, but I feel like the it's so chaotic <laughs> when you're actually playing the game that the sound effects gave me very little information. Sure. I felt like I was being bombarded <laughs> with sound effects all the time uh, in a way that was that was kind of distressing. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> And like you being like sitting nearby, also and being like, "I'll pop the invisibility." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh no! Cause, yeah, because it's all deeply ingrained in me, and I know yeah. exactly what every sound means. <laughs> well, like, God, when you get to the fucking ski lift, oh yeah, and it's like the sound of the ski lift activating mm-hmm. and people going dong. up yeah. the ding dong and then like errant power-ups being shot <laughs> up like an explosion will occur yeah like the sound of doing a trick yeah people smacking <laughs> into the walls it's like damn this is like it, it's so it is just so explosive there's so much happening yeah i think that if the game was like and the game itself isn't that insane like it's not like there's that much going on at once it just felt like loud in a way that was kind of strange for it i don't know yeah i could see that it Uh, it might even tie into that uh like kind of what i was mentioning like they're really crunchy mm -hmm. and like they're just like they're very um like powerful sound effects and i feel like they just made them all like that yeah (laughs) uh fuck shit (laughs) Uh, I think we could probably round out the presentation stuff yeah. and talk about the visual design a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good thing. Yeah, because I find it to be very funny. Um, it's classic N64. Like, no one knew how to make things that didn't look like this yeah. in 1999. So you got to lean into it. Yeah. Everything's very blocky uh, and chunky and, and, and full of, of polygons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's, but it has this style that is. You said Saturday morning cartoon, so I'm allowed to now. The uh-huh. the curse has been broken. The seal. Uh, it is. It is very cartoony. Everybody has these exaggerated features, uh, and like the thing that they are known for is what is like like the biggest thing. Sp- or Slash has big spiky hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fucking is Tommy has like a bandage on his nose, yeah. and his nose is like the size of Neptune for some <laughs> reason. Uh, Wendy is like a, a nerd doctor inventor kid and has giant Coke bottle glasses. Yep, it's like really evident what is uh, like the important thing about the character designs, and I think that that ends up working really well with the limited polygon space. Um, I don't know if the words I just said even mean anything. I uh, know I think it, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, it's got that classic like big heads. Mm. Kids love characters with big heads, uh, and they have giant noses. You know, um, yeah, it, it is all very like it's a nice style. Like it, it feels like very um, like well developed like visual style. And like, I remember the manual 
came with like the classic like character bios and like they have like a nice illustrated look as well like in the in the in the guide right and uh yeah i it it does it has a lot of charm you know it reminds me a bit of like the going from like chrono trigger to Mm. chrono cross where you had like the toriyama illustrations that ended up being like pretty well realized in the in the promotional material and stuff and yeah looking at the playstation version everybody's like <laughs> got those angular joints and yep. stuff I, I i can imagine that the illustrated versions of the kids from from snowboard kids too look a lot more coherent <laughs> than their in-game uh models do yeah uh this is a weird thing that you just made me think of Nick and I don't know if it's like my own biases or or what, but do you find that generally like things on the PlayStation looked more like triangular and like angled, like more polygonal than stuff on the N sixty four did? I feel like there must be a reason for yeah, it, but yeah. yeah, I just think that's interesting because like, like when I think that, like I think this game actually like looks pretty pleasant. Like it's obviously aged, and there's like weird jaggy edges on stuff and like you know um but like i don't know it's still like the cartoony style i think really still makes the game look nice today compared to like other things from the time yeah it it reminds me of other games like uh that that do hold up in a weird way this honestly to me looks like a weird cross between the whatever playstation game you are currently thinking about yeah like crash or spyro like even the ones that look good yeah like they like the characters look very like pointy they do look very pointy yeah and i think that if you if you mapped it out on a spectrum it would be like the crash over here Mm -hmm. and then snowboard kids in the middle and then like banjo on the right yeah that's that's it seems fair it's like somewhere in between those things and it, it it like pulls it off because of its art direction like yeah. the way that it's been made even though the art direction is like kind of inconsistent in a, in the <laughs> way that like all things were in the 90s they were just like this has got to be the you know we bring in the dinosaur here yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. and it's gonna clash a little bit <laughs> with the like nine-year-old kid on a snowboard uh, but that's just how yeah. we do it. It looks like it is maybe from a different video game. Yeah. But here it is. <laughs> <laughs> we just drop it in. Uh, it's got those good trees that are no, just two flat sprites uh, put yeah. on an axis. In like a cross shape. Yep. Yeah. I love those. Uh, those are my favorite relic of video <laughs> games past. I don't know why. Uh yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed looking at it. I can say that much. I thought the that the looking at it part was maybe the least painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of fun like visual details too, like and, and like the different courses and stuff. Like and like Linda's castle. There's a giant statue of her. <laughs> um, and like yeah, different things are like sprites. So like you go through like there's like a dining hall or whatever in that, and like all the tables are like sprites. <laughs> Yeah, and stuff like yeah, there is like an old game kind of charm to like how they had to pull everything off, mm-hmm. and I think that it it largely works. the The big thing that it mechanically affects is that those obstacles that are sprites mm. tend to be. I mean, honestly, it's it's beneficial because they're actually more forgiving. Like you can clip through a pretty big section of it because presumably it's just a cube, yeah, or like a sphere, yeah, that's just sitting there. So. uh I, I don't know. I, I think it works. I think it it's one of those games that I think 
even if you haven't played it like I hadn't, mm-hmm. when you go into it, it's going to have some kind of nostalgic feeling for you. Uh, it, it just, it, if you played this era of games, this is a game that you put in and you go, wow, that it <laughs> sure is. That sure is an N64 <laughs> game right there. Yeah. <laughs> right down to the, like, I wouldn't say, I don't think the controls in this game are awkward. I think that they are a classic N64 control scheme mm-hmm. where it's like very analog stick centric. Like everything has to be, you even think about looking over at the D-pad, you are drunk. Yeah. Uh, they can just lop the left side of that controller off uh, for like 90% of games on the console. Mm-hmm. Well, do we want to uh, <laughs> open that can of worms? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll have to go get the can opener. Yeah, so in order to do that, maybe... Uh, fuck. After the break... <laughs> I thought about it too much. (laughs) Welcome back. Good to be there. I don't know. That's Uh, that's probably a song that just played. They're going to be like, damn. Knock it off. There's a lot of good choices for songs, mm-hmm. but it, I do feel like that has to be what goes in the middle. <laughs> uh, it is. It's like, but I'll leave that up to you. All right. Well, I'll I'll do some research and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Um, podcast talk out of the way. Let's talk about um, <laughs> riding the snowboard. Uh, I think I'm gonna be me. Mm-hmm. On this episode. And I think that to preface it, so that I don't come off as being overly harsh on this fucking 23-year-old game. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason I don't like kart racers, I think I've gone over this in the past, yeah. but I- I'll do it again now. I don't now. know if we've talked about it on the podcast. Well, no, we did Diddy Kong Racing. We had to have talked about it. I had to have mentioned it at least a little so bit. So never mind, continue. My problem with kart racers is that I consider games like... Guitar Hero or, like, uh, Hotline Miami, among my favorite games uh, ever made. And they're games that focus on perfecting your individual performance in the game. And what a kart racer does is in order to make it so that somebody who is practiced and good at the game doesn't win every time and make the bad baby players feel bad about it. Uh, I'm exaggerating. I've already veered into that territory. I need to bring it back in. It adds a lot of randomness. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of uh, items that do things. And one thing that's kind of, that is, <laughs> I want to say, kind of unique to Snowboard Kids too, is that the items in this game are fucking devastating. <laughs> They're the most powerful. The Geneva Convention <laughs> prevented the fucking pie tin from making it into other games uh, because it is nuts. Uh, and so, it to me, it's always a big feels bad when you're doing well, uh, mm-hmm. and then you feel like the game cheated you and said, fuck you, you're now a little flat pancake, and mm-hmm. you are you lose the game. Do the whole race again, because you do have to come in first to continue with the story. Yeah. Uh, God, I, I, I totally sympathize with that. Um, 
I I played a lot of kart racers as a kid, so I'm just kind of like used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also not naturally competitive like at all. Uh, I I sometimes think it's maybe because I grew up without a brother, <laughs> like a yeah s- same sex sibling uh, rivalries seem to breed competitiveness in people. That does seem uh, kind of true, but that's my amateur psychology. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't really bother me, but yeah. The the items in this are pretty brutal, um, and uh, <laughs> one of the things that I think makes it feel extra, like staying a little bit extra, is that like when you come to a complete stop, like man, does it take a while to get like going again? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of items, and I think it's an interesting enough place to start. Um, we'll talk about the actual mechanics of racing, I think, just to get a, a groundwork laid, but. There is an item in this game that is the snowman item. Mm. When you hit somebody with it, they turn to a snowman, they lose the ability to steer left or right. Mm -hmm. But they preserve their momentum. Yeah, so you keep moving forward. And it's almost, like, worse, because what (laughs) ends up always happening is you get hit by it, and you hit a wall, or you go around a turn, and now your character's not facing the right way. And not facing the correct direction in this game is a death sentence. (laughs) Because there's no easy way to turn back around. Like, you start to turn, and it takes forever, and you, like, jump, but jumping makes you stay at the same angle you were when you started the jump. Uh, So it becomes, like, a very, like, you get hit by an item, and you're immediately just in, like, emergency mode. (laughs) Like, what do I do to continue with this? And then there are some stages later in the game where you get hit by an item, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, hit the retry button. The <laughs> ground is over. And I feel like it's a little bit too... Pre- like, it becomes frustrating in the way that Diddy Kong Racing's uh, Silver Coin Challenges did, but in a more natural way. Mm-hmm. The Silver Coin Challenges are still worse than anything this game <laughs> could possibly have in it. Yeah. Uh, but this is like... A similar level of frustration where I feel like I'm doing way more than what the game would normally have asked me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to comment on that because, like, I am I just am so familiar with the game. Yeah. Because, um, like, I, I was thinking, trying to think about this versus, like, Mario Kart. And we'll say yeah. Mario Kart 64 because that's its contemporary. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Mario Kart embraces that like randomness in such a way that like if you're any good at the game at all you can get like if you're in first you can just kind of stay in first and make a huge gap between you and the rest of the pack because everyone else is like fighting yeah amongst themselves while you get ahead uh i feel like this game didn't have that as much like it felt a little bit more well balanced to where like because and i think it might be because there's only four racers yeah um it's easier to balance but like i found that like even if you get totally fucked on a round, like you can feasibly bring it back, but I might just be really good at this game. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know like to what extent this game has like a rubber banding system the way that Mario Kart famously mm-hmm. does. Uh, but yeah, it always feels like the all the characters are pretty well grouped up. The only time that you have a major difference is if the player is losing badly. Yeah. Which makes me think that there is some rubber banding, I think but it might is. just be in the AI's favor here. Um, because yeah, if, if you are doing perfect and not hitting any obstacles, hitting people with whatever, you're going to cross the finish line maybe a second before the <laughs> yeah. next person does. 
uh, it's always a pretty close race. And in a way, it keeps it exciting, right? Yeah. Like, you're always right down neck and neck. And I clenched a <laughs> bit uh, and got some pretty good victories where I felt good about it because of how close the race was. Yeah. Coming from fourth to go to first near the end. Um, and like you said, the fact that it has only four people instead of eight, like Mario Kart does, and Diddy Kong 8, 6, it's like one of it those. It has more numbers. than four. More than four, though. Uh, does make it so that it never feels like you're so far behind. Like, seeing that fucking brown eight <laughs> in the corner of the screen when you're playing in like Mario a more Kart, recent yeah. Mario Kart, it's like, uh, I should just quit video games forever. <laughs> Uh, for even being in this place, in in this you're just like I'm like two good power ups away from winning this race. Yeah, there. I mean, there are times when you play it and like at the end of the first and the second lap and the beginning of the third, even like you'll be in like third place and like you can still like win. Like you'll like you'll go from first to third to fourth <laughs> to second to first. You know, like you'll you'll jump around a lot. Yeah, and I think it, it's weird because I think it works better. In the single player mode, mm-hmm. because we we played a multiplayer match. Yeah, we only did one. Yeah, we we picked the trick stage, which is not a normal <laughs> race I course. I didn't know at yeah. the time. Yeah, uh, but it was funny because like you were like trying to see if the controllers would work. Yeah, yeah. I mapped the PS5 controller, uh, and the circle button was supposed to be the one to shoot items, and it just didn't work. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I was trying to test the controllers. Yeah, he was like trying to test the controllers, and it was the first time I had ever played Snowboard Kids 2. And so we were in third and fourth place. So as far as I was concerned, we were having a two-person race. Uh-huh. That was just me versus you. And I was like ahead for a while, because you were on that trick board. Because yeah. you were pl- always <laughs> planning to trail by the half. Yes. Uh, and I remember getting hit by some item near the end of the race and then losing my third place victory mm-hmm. to you and being like, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starting out in the multiplayer is not, that's getting thrown in the, the, at the deep end. It really is. Yeah. Because the brutality of the items just increases in potency when a human being is using mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Especially like the, the parachutes, the pythons mm-hmm. and I think the icicles. Well, okay, I, I did want to tell this story. Good. Um, so there's an item in this game that is like a python, like a flimsy. What are, what are those made out of? Like, like aluminum. Aluminum pie pans, and you use it, and three of them fall on the other three players or the the NPCs, and squash them, and like completely. Um, halt their uh momentum you know yeah yeah it's, it's the most devastating move in the game <laughs> and uh when we were kids i don't know where this came from i think my dad made it up i don't remember because mm-hmm. he used to play this with us and we called it the waffle stomper <laughs> and i i do not know where that came from at all but fast forward to like i don't even know how many years ago i, I learned <laughs> that Waffle Stomper (laughs) is like a slang term that you can look it up on Urban Dictionary. It's like a classic Urban Dictionary definition. Yeah, Yeah. for taking a dump in the shower and stomping it down the drain. (laughs) Content warning, poop. Anyway, yeah. I I remember hearing you say it and just fucking busting ass laughing about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it is like, it is such a classic 
that is totally a thing a kid would come up with or like would hear yeah. and continue and just assign it's, to that. We abs- I feel like we absolutely had to have come up with that before that was like a, a I mean, slang this, term. This game definitely came out before Urban Dictionary yeah, did. So, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I found that that was that was incredibly amusing to me, and it actually the funny thing about it. I mean, there's a lot of funny. Is that things it feels appropriate? It. <laughs> it does feel appropriate, but it also <laughs> endeared me to it in a way. Like if the blue shell was called like the some other fi- like some vulgar bullshit. Yeah, it was called the angry pirate or something. <laughs> like whatever. Uh, they just throw in Urban Dictionary terms out now. Yeah, I feel like I would not find the blue shell to be as bullshit of an item as it is. Yeah, and similarly, like I, I, we would, you'd get it and be like, oh, you got the waffle stuff. Yeah. Waffle stomps. And I'd be like, damn, like I can't even be that mad because I now have this like affection toward the term because of the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thinking of it as a pie tin makes it much worse. Because yeah. it's like the least, it's the item that makes the least sense in the game in terms of its function. Sure. Like rock, got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Wings work exactly how you would uh, think they do. Uh mouse with a top hat and a monocle is okay. your money. Alright, mouse with top hat and monocle. Here's my defense of it. I have no defense of it. Uh <laughs> that one is in the running. Uh, but Python ghosts smashing that a guy. slow you down. The ghost, I thought that the ghosts would steal your money, so the ghosts definitely mm-hmm. are kind of like I think because that's what Boo does. Uh, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's that's just me taking from other media there. Uh, I don't know about that mouse though. <laughs> it's got a very uh, Don Bluth energy to he it. He does kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like there. There's some, like, variety in the items that I like. Um, I, I, there's certain ones, like the bomb and the icicle, where you're punished if you use them too close to the person, because you'll just run into them mm. and get hurt. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, I guess those are the two that I would call out, and they both do the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can shoot bombs backwards, and I didn't test whether or not you can do that with other items. Right. There's, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of nuance. I think, like, the biggest issue that the game has is that it has a lot of overlap. Yeah. The bomb and the ice, the the hand that just, like, slaps sl- them over. Yeah, which is very satisfying to use. Yeah, and the, but also the parachute kind of does the same thing. They follow a similar trajectory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say the rock is funny to me when you compare it to what this game's contemporary is with the fake item box in Mario Kart 64. Because they both have this, like, stealth element to them (laughs) that I find really amusing. Like, in both games, they were like, nobody's just going to run into this because they're driving around and not paying attention. So we got to, like, trick them in some way. Uh, So I found this to be... The the rock is way more devious than the the fake item box. Yeah, is. The, the the rock you're always trying to find like the best places to put it. Like if there's like a narrow corridor, you just drop it right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Drop it right before the ski lift. <laughs> you know, drop it. You know, in place like right before an item or right behind an item box. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it, so it just kind of obscures it. it a bit. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it is it is one of those ones where you end up thinking about it a lot when you have one like where am I gonna drop this? Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay, but that's the items yeah. of the game. I think I think the items are somehow both like 
I have uh, an affection for them because it is they're almost uh like funny in how strong they are yeah. in game. But uh they're also like it is like maybe one of the worst elements of of its design <laughs> because it just feels so brutal to get hit by them. Yeah. Uh it feels very unforgiving and especially when you're playing in single player it's like it feels like it's not in your control. And that's that's what hurts it for me. Yeah. It could benefit a lot from like a I don't remember what Mario Kart they added this in. Um, but it, when Lakitu puts you back on the track, if, like, you hit A right away, you'll get, like, a little boost. Yeah. Like, something like that, that, like, through, like, skill to play, you could circumvent. <laughs> yeah, you could take a little bit of the sting off. Yeah. I agree with that. I think I think something like that. The game needs, uh, and this is where we can talk about the basic sort of, like, racing mechanics. Like, I feel like the game needs something more skill-based in the in the sense of, like, uh, the, you know, like the, I forget what it's called, like the power sliding in, mm. in Mario Kart. Drifting. Drifting. Like, things like that in, in this game would do a lot because its main mechanic is that you can jump and do tricks. Yeah. And the jump is the way that you speed up. Uh, and that is kind of cool. I like that they make you do a jump where you can't turn in order to get back to top speed. But once you're at top speed, you're kind of just leaning left and right, mm-hmm. and that's that's the extent of it. Yeah, I, in my head, it's almost kind of like a playing Smash Brothers with items on kind of a thing. Like, I think a big part of the challenge is just supposed to be, like, keeping everything in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mean, staying on top of, like, what's happening yeah. is, like, what the challenge is, like, supposed to be. But I don't know if that's, like, the intent or not. <laughs> I mean, it does work as far as making the game challenging. Yeah, because like I never feel like I'm ever like bored during a race. You know, like I like I feel like I'm lacking for things to do personally. Right. Uh, but I do think I, I I agree. Some kind of like extra interaction, like drifting, would add something to it. Right. Something to like just if they sort made of another like... one. If they made a Snowboard Kids three, that would be a good thing to do. Yeah. Come on, Atlas. Come on, Atlas. Or whoever owns this IP now. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the actual worst mechanic in the whole game. Uh-huh. Uh Ski lifts. Oh. <laughs> this is like... I've, like, done everything in, in my power to try and rationalize this. And it, it makes sense because it is a snowboarding game that there would need in order to do a lap there would need to be a way for you to go up to the mountain and a part of me actually likes the idea that they made it like a thing that you have to actively think about and try to do Mm -hmm. but it's such a weird mechanic for a racing game because whoever gets there first immediately has a massive advantage over everybody else yeah because they aren't slamming into each other at the ski lift thing itself and like getting turned around or like (laughs) running into rocks that the first place asshole put there like it's (laughs) like it is like a huge like uh, b- uh, like benefit to the person first, and I imagine it would be more significant in the multiplayer than it is in the single player with the AI being the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm of two minds on it because like on one hand I I love it, <laughs> like I I think it's like a surprise. It seems like a simple thing on paper, but is surprisingly unique. I think for a racing game and obviously thematically appropriate. Right. Um, 
But yeah, like, kind of like what we were saying about the power-ups, like it's way too punishing. Um, it's maybe the most punishing thing in the game to miss the lift. Because <laughs> the way it works um, is one per- only one person can go through at a time. Like you hit the little gate and it goes up and you get on. And if you're right behind the person in first or right just right behind somebody, you're just going to slam into the wall. And like you can mitigate it a bit if you jump right away. Like you won't get that fucked over. But like it is still like it can make the camera because it's an N64 game like kind of yeah. wig out. Um, there was one time you, I don't remember what happened to you, but like you did something where you got like launched in the air. Yeah. I went like 50 <laughs> feet straight up. It was wild. It was just rough. But, uh, I don't know. There is like a fun frantic energy and it can really enhance the multiplayer, uh, like that frantic feeling, but it can also just be a shit show and make everyone really <laughs> mad at each other. So it is very big, like, it's it's big swings to, like, positive and negative things, I think. Yeah. And I, I for what I think that's interesting. Like, I'm going to applaud a big swing like that. Okay. I, I mean, absolutely, like, for something for something as unique as it is, I can't wholeheartedly say it's shit, take yeah, it, it out or whatever. Yeah, it could be made better, for sure. Yeah. I think that if in multiplayer, like, with, with human players playing... If they just smoothed it so that, like, multiple people could get on at once, mm-hmm. I think that it would do away with the, like, element of being a feeling kind of <laughs> horseshit. Yeah. Like, I get, I even like the idea that at the end you have to identify which side the ski lift is on, or if it's dead center, uh, and actually go into it, uh, and, and being punished for not doing that, the same way you'd be punished if you just ran into a fucking wall. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> the uh the just the element of like having to wait with the other racers there is like a little bit tough like it's only a few seconds but it is it feels like you're losing so much velocity by doing it yeah it it feels like the person ahead of you is getting way further ahead than they are yeah because you're like, because they're in a load screen. Yeah. But to you, you're like, they're already like halfway through yeah, the fucking they're, course. Yeah, they're already going, yeah. They're, they're already so at the Cocoa Pops. <laughs> yeah, they're already at the Cocoa Pops. <laughs> Never going to catch them now. <laughs> you're going to have to waffle stomp them. You're going to have to waffle stomp them. That's the only way. As they go over the it, shortcut bridge. And I like that each one's different, too. Mm. Like, they're all like, it's the ones that are like the most different is like the turtles. Yeah. In the second stage. Um, but yeah, each the one space is. stage has a teleporter, yeah, it's a which teleporter. is nice. Um, so yeah, each one's themed like aesthetically differently, which is fun as yeah. well. If they do make a Snowbird Kids three, they should have <laughs> one that is running up to the Nightmare Headstone because <laughs> it takes about yeah, the it, same uh, time. The haunted house level. In the, yeah, the haunted um, house level. One, just one thing I wanted to go back and hit on um, on items real quick. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you engaged with this mechanic at all, but you can jump over attacks. It's really hard to do. Like they do a little like a little exclamation point flashes when you're gonna get hit, but it's so fast that yeah. you know, it's really hard to do. But um you can also there's these little grab tricks you can do. And on the N sixty four it's on the C sticks. Um we played this on an emulator. No, so yeah. that could contribute to some of the awkwardness. We did not attempt to map a PS five controller to an N sixty four. Well, I did do exactly that. Well, I mean, we didn't try and map it to a, a physical yeah, N64. Yeah, yeah. I didn't try Our to, N64 is just broken. Yeah, I didn't try to plug it into an N64. Yeah. But um, 
So you do these little grab tricks, and if you if you get good enough in this game, you have those twitch reflexes. <laughs> you can see that an item's coming at you, jump, and do a grab trick, and it'll hit it back to the person who shot it. And, like, I think that's really cool, but yeah. it is way too hard to do. Yeah, it's and something... They, if you play, like, on Expert, mm-hmm. the AI will do it to you all the time. <laughs> uh, and even in the standard mode, I think, like, Slash's AI does it the most. Because he's like the main character or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's very hard to do. I think. It's it's uh it is interesting because like it does the this mechanic is the thing that I think could theoretically negate like most of my criticism mm-hmm. of like the because you have some how agency. unfair the items feel. Yeah. yeah, you have an ability to reflect it. It is a skill based thing that you can learn to do. I just think that it is so. I never got down. Do a trick. Yeah, well, you, you never went and did the trick game. Which, That's true. Which I was yeah. going to suggest that you go do to try and figure it out, but you don't really need to do the tricks. Yeah, that, that's that one was thing my I thing. wanted to transition into talking about. Yeah. The trick system is a lot of fun. That's one of those things that's kind of like drifting, um, only it doesn't give you a mechanical benefit like drifting does. Yeah. Well, it does give you money, but it doesn't affect like the actual like feeling of the racing, you mm. know? Um, in the way that drifting does. But, um, yeah, you do tricks, and it gives you money. You need money to buy the items from the little gift boxes that they're in. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so in doing tricks is, like, yeah, it is kind of like a lot of things, especially in older games. Like, you really have to just kind of get the timing down. Um, yeah, like, I feel like <laughs> there's a kind of, like, literacy you can have with newer games where, like, having played one game will make it easier for you to get into another. But the further back in time you go, the more, like, every game is just, like, a new fucking frontier of, like, shit that feels nothing like anything else you've ever played. Yep. Um. So, yeah, like, it, getting down the timing of, like, the jump and the feel of the jumping is something I had to adjust to. Like, when I first started playing, I kept trying to let go of the jump button too late and was missing them all over the place, so. Yeah, thanks to the proliferation of, like, game engines and exactly yeah. stuff like that. It, it does, it like, nowadays, like, a lot of things are based on similar things and use just, like, sort of control <laughs> defaults similar, that people are used yeah, to. Yeah, similar code, yeah, even, whereas, probably. This is legit. They were probably just like, how should the jump work? <laughs> Let's do it this yeah, you way. You gotta hold it for, like, a weird amount of time. Yeah, hold it for X frames, then let go, then do the jump, and if you input... Hold a direction. Yeah, you, you put the flip. direction at some point. You can do multiple flips. Oh. And, and I know I knew how to do it as a kid, but I couldn't figure it out the whole time I was playing. Uh, like, yeah, like, you do a flip, and then you can do more, and I could never figure... I couldn't figure it out. Like, tapping the A button didn't work. We should mention... At right now, mm-hmm. this game doesn't have a tutorial and nope. should have one. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like it, it, it could, it would benefit from a tutorial stage. Like you boot it up and it's just like, hey, I'm coach or whatever. I'm gonna take you down the mountain. Here's all the stuff. God, they have a character called I forgot coach. called Coach. Yeah, the penguin. Um, who is when you were a kid, the one that you always wanted to play in the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, to take you down the mountain and show you the stuff. Um, God, God, I was. Oh, yeah, and I think it would it would benefit from having like a training mode, uh, you know, like some kind of like short course that you could do to like you know, and maybe you could even pick like I want to practice tricks, I want to practice this, I want to practice that, yeah, something like that, like a bunny hill. Call it the bunny hill. 
boom, I just did it. Aesthetically <laughs> appropriate that would fit in exactly with this game's whole thing. Yep. They even have rabbits in the game for the Jingle Town course. Put the bunnies in there. The bunny hill. Oh, yeah, that was a less known... This is going back a little bit. <laughs> that was a less known Dinosaur World, Space World theme. Mm-hmm. But there were several games that just had a Christmas world. And it's amusing to see yep. the holiday holiday hill zone, yep. whatever it was called. You just said <laughs> Jingle, Jingle, Town. Jingle Town in this game to be like, yeah, why not? Fuck it. Well, at least it makes like some sense in a snowboard game. Yeah. But like most of the time you're playing this game, it's, it's not going to be oh, yeah, no. uh, the anniversary of Christ, our Savior's birth. <laughs> Grip it and rip it. Grip it and For rip it. For Jesus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it is, it is fun that this game has a Christmas level, uh, which I didn't even remember when I suggested this for December. Yeah, so. that we do this literally <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah, the day that it will release is probably going to be Christmas Day itself. Snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> um... Uh, so I guess this is probably something you're itching to dump about um but what do you think of the difficulty of the game um okay like the difficulty curve because i know from playing it as a kid uh like we played the first probably third ish of the game like up to the dinosaur area which i'm sure you're going to talk about um and rightfully so i think uh and we just got stuck you know because we're like eight or whatever. Right. Um, or you're like 31. Yeah, or you're 31. You know, whatever. Potato, <laughs> potato. Um, and then we just played the multiplayer for probably like two plus years. Mm-hmm. And then before we ever like kind of returned and actually beat that level and was like, oh, like five to six more courses. Cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it definitely has some spikes. Yeah, the boss stages are pretty hard. Um, like there's just certain things in the game. I think individual races aren't that bad mm-hmm. but the boss stages and the challenge stages are like pretty difficult yeah after giving it time to to simmer on this i think i actually end up liking the the difficulty curve of the actual stages i think it's not unusual for a game of this era to have a to to not really it doesn't they don't have the experience of games like these in order to be able to tell the player when they should be doing what mm-hmm. the the uh, reward system in this game is bonkers. Like, you yeah, get yeah, like the amount of money you get. Yeah, they're like game one. Uh, you finish the race and like good job. Here's like fucking eight bucks, whatever. <laughs> eight snow dollars. <laughs> eight snow dollars. And then like by the time you beat the fourth level, they're like here's seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> I guess that seems about fair. Uh, and so you go through this like rapidly increasing price range. Uh, and so you'll start, you'll get to the point where you can buy new boards pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, they need to say to the player, like, at some point, like, hey, if you haven't yet, go upgrade your fucking snowboard because the difficulty will start to scale. That space level, the first level after the dinosaur boss, is very, very hard as mm. compared to the level immediately preceding yeah. it. That's a race. Uh, and I think that it's like, that's where the difficulty gets into, like, uh, end game mode. Mm-hmm. Like, past that point where everything actually feels like it starts uh, being really hard. But uh, before that, I feel like 
It's very fair. Uh, I immediately lost my marbles when I was like, <laughs> you have to win every race. But, like, that was before I knew any of the other factors of the game. It's like sure, yeah. the way the AI b- performs. I didn't even realize there were only four people yeah. at the time. <laughs> that makes it a lot different. Like, yeah, of course you have to win. That's top 25%. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a C. <laughs> uh so that was like it was like I took a big trip with this one mm-hmm. where I said I think this might be a little bit bullshit to now I kind of like it and I think the big snags in this game as with every time they try and put them in into a a kart racer are boss battles mm-hmm. uh you want to talk about the bosses before I do yeah yeah just real quick though like I even like the um you call out the space stage, Starlight Highway or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Um, that one's even feels like an outlier um, because it has like a gimmick of basically constantly going from speed boost, like it's a uh, it's the Captain Falcon game. Oh, F Zero. It's like it's an F Zero game uh, or a course. So mm-hmm. yeah, like that one is is kind of hard because you're not used to playing like that. Yeah. Um. So any, but anyway, yeah. So bosses. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty hard. Um, I remember them being a lot worse. Um, when I came back to this game, uh, to play, like, I, I, it felt like, I, it felt weird. Cause like, I remember being a kid and kind of having like a short attention span. And like, I wasn't the kind of person that would persevere through and beat a lot of games as a kid. Um, and I hit a point where I was like 13 ish where I went back and revisited a lot of games. And this was one of them. And probably like, you know, like Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64, you know, went back and hit up the classics. Um, <laughs> and I and I beat them all. And it's, I remember then going back and playing Donkey Kong 64 again uh, in college, because they put it on the Wii U uh, yeah. virtual console, and being like, wow, this is like just as fucking hard as nails <laughs> as I remember. Like, I kind of can't believe I beat this at 13 years old. Yeah. Um, and then, but... And when I played this, when I beat this at 13, I remember thinking it was very difficult. Like, I remember, like, the last two bosses, like, the Damien bosses, because uh, you have to just beat him in a race, which is really hard, because he's just super fast. Um, and then you have to, he has, like, fucking, like, a robot suit. You have to uh, do a, like, you have to do more of, like, a boss fight with him and shoot bombs at him and stuff. Right. But um, I remember like those. Whiz pig of yeah, this I remember that taking, like, forever probably like 50 tries or some shit to beat it uh but when i did it when i revisited it now um i i beat all of them pretty easily I, it was a weird experience where i just like i remembered it being tough as nails and for some reason this time it wasn't but you know i also had the comparative experience with donkey kong 64 <laughs> where i remember it being super hard and it still was mm-hmm. so it was a weird experience to revisit them but they are hard. I mean, I still had to do them, like, I- at least, like, four times each, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's kind of like... It's you... like the latent... Something, like, a switch flipped in my brain, and I was just like, activate <laughs> Snowboard Kids <laughs> mode. Yeah, I mean, that exactly, right? Like, we talked about... I think it was... Maybe this was... I, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 2, but I could be wrong. Because it's a game that I've played through, like, fucking ten times. Mm-hmm. And and... It took me an hour to beat... Uh... What's his name? Fat Man? Oh, yeah. Fat Man. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's just like, I'm playing it again in the context of I haven't played this in years, Mm -hmm. but you're playing it from the perspective of 
I've never played this. Yeah. So it's a very different experience. And and I, I agree with you, though. I think that, like, you if you take into consideration your my experience with video games generally mm-hmm. and uh, just, like, better motor skills than being <laughs> a child, I, I do think that I thought this game was going to be harder than it was. Um, and then the boss battles just fuck it all up. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, the snowman boss fight... Because we were talking about the but we talked a little bit about the difficulty of the whole game, specifically the boss fights, and we we talked about this in Diddy Kong Racing. Which mm. the more that we do this episode, the more that I realize that like Diddy Kong Racing is such the perfect companion piece to it because I feel like it it contrasts really well. And this is like their main comparison point mm-hmm. is that both of them are kart racers that implemented boss fights and both of them are bad yeah. because of it. <laughs> like the, the snowman boss fight, I think I beat on my second attempt. Yeah. And it is, so it's not really hard. It was just a thing to do, but it's designed in such a stupid, frustrating way that even it though it isn't hard, power ups like just yeah, use them out in a big like shotgun blast. Mm-hmm. It just feels so slapped together. Like it feels like a cheap boss, not in an unfair way. In like a we didn't want to spend a lot of money <laughs> way. Yeah, and that's just weird. Like it, it's one. It's it, your boss fight should be if you're doing a boss fight. Which I emphasize, <laughs> you should not be doing if you're making a kart racer. Uh, should be like a point of excitement for the player, something big and and, and exciting. That's where the money should be going. Uh, and the fact that it's just like a nothing boss fight on the stage you just were on mm-hmm. that just shotguns. But now enemies. it's at nighttime, and now it's nighttime. <laughs> But the dinosaur is the one that I want to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Because it took me like a million tries. I, there's no way that I could tell you how many tries it took, but it was like middle double digits. I want to guess it was like probably less than it felt like. I want to. I'm going to guess it took you like 25 to 30. That sounds right-ish to me. Yeah. Uh, if you if you count every time that I hit retry yeah. as an attempt. It has to be, like, in the 30s. twenty. I will give you maybe 25, and I was just frustrated. Mm-hmm. But 30 feels high, but maybe it's right. I don't know. <laughs> so this boss is actually very much like the, Tyre- or the Triceratops boss from <laughs> yeah. uh, Diddy Kong Racing. But less, I think less bullshit, because you don't have to be constantly turning. That is true. Yeah. But anyway, we tell your thing. I mean, I agree with you though. Yeah. I think I think it is it is less bullshit in like the design. Yeah. But this is uh, the hardest thing <laughs> that I've done this year, probably. <laughs> I beat Elden Ring three times. Yeah. Uh <laughs> this is I literally just sat and powered through this in a way and it was like me I was fighting the boss it, it was like the final boss for you yeah it absolutely was yeah so because it's also the last boss I beat yeah. <laughs> so the the dinosaur runs and he runs way faster than you and you're given a standard bomb power up that just goes in a straight line and kind of track it, yeah it's they a track little, a little it's definitely inconsistent yeah uh, but that basically means that you have to be either very close to him or in a big, long straightaway yeah. to hit him with the actual weapon. And so you're relying a lot on the, like, support items that you get. So speed boosts, speed slows, and our beloved Waffle Stomper. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
<laughs> and so you go, and normally that by itself doesn't sound too fucking stupid, mm-hmm. but then he poops out eggs all over the place, and it's RNG as to where it's going to be um, on the stage. And so sometimes you go, and the only way that I found to beat him uh-huh. was to hit like a very specific set of power-ups in a row, and if you just dropped an egg in front of one of those power-ups, you'd start over. Because mm-hmm. that's it. And it, it became very frustrating because it was both uh, like a very intense, no mistakes sort of challenge, mm-hmm. which is something that I actually enjoy, but mixed with the heavy RNG of the egg placement and also just sort of the inconsistent steering. And it got me so heated that I really hated the game for a while <laughs> yeah. after playing it. Uh, but it is, it's like, it just is that kind of thing. It's like, it's very frustrating, it's very random, and it it just felt like they halted the game to do a thing that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's my big gripe, <laughs> I think, with, with the boss fights. I, I think that he, they really hurt the flow of the game in a way that it doesn't need to. Yeah. I, I wish it took me more attempts this time, because <laughs> I, I can't really add anything. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I think I did it maybe twice. <laughs> I will say I uh, I absolutely was fighting the boss mm-hmm. and also myself because like I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times. Like it has been a focus of of mine in order to like become more patient and also to like not get angry at shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done a very good job. And I think, in my opinion, anyway. And I yeah. think this boss is like the first thing that's really fucking tested me in a long time. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I remember sitting there just being like, damn, I sure hate doing this. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was a game that we were doing, I'm assuming for the podcast, that you were playing in the living room, and you were getting so frustrated at it that, like, I felt like I needed to leave the room. Yeah, it was jumping through the tiny hole in Celeste. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So it was a long, that was, like, one of the, (laughs) that was, like, early on in the process. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, like, yes, or however many days ago it was, you were playing this. Uh, I didn't feel like I needed to leave the room, <laughs> so it's definitely getting better. It's just I no, wasn't no, 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 intensely like, uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. It was a very. It's a very bad, stupid boss fight, <laughs> but it is not anything that made me want to like. I I didn't want to like throw anything or hurt anyone <laughs> except myself by continuing to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the boss fights really just ruin a lot of this. This ends up being like. And I'll talk about this more during Final Thoughts, which I assume are coming up reasonably soon. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it ends up being a game that, like, I, in the end, don't hate. And then with these spikes of things that I do hate a lot. And it's uh-huh. <laughs> it ends up really being the, the shit slurry, <laughs> as we described in some previous episode. Mm-hmm. Boo hiss. Fuck that dinosaur. Everybody fuck the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, know I felt similarly as a kid. Because like, mm. when I came back to this, I was like, really dreaded the boss fights when they were coming up. I'm like, ooh, here comes the snowman. Like, ooh, here comes the dinosaur. And I'm really dreading Damien at the end. Um, but yeah, I would... Oh man, I'd like to see you attempt like one or two times. 
the Damien, <laughs> the Damien boss fight because it's so hard. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess the only other thing I had that I wanted to mention, and it's just like a random stray thing, is like there's like two, maybe three stages that have shortcuts that involve you having to grind across a little pole. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's such a half baked thing <laughs> that's in the game. Uh, it's super hard to do. It feels like you have to be in like just the right pixel perfect spot to pull it off, uh, and it's never worth it. Yeah, I, I to me, I feel like it was it was imagined as this being the payoff for for using the trick board. Mm, I don't think it has anything to do with the trick board. Though. Well, I think like, what it, it, the trick board is the slowest board, mm. which means that if you're using the trick board for its increased handling, you would be able to more easily take the shortcuts and make up the time lost. That does make sense to me. But it is only on, like, fucking three stages. (laughs) (laughs) That's another weird thing I didn't think to talk about. Like, you just mentioned, you you thought of that because you approached this game as an adult, and you looked at the stats of the boards, and you were like, oh, the trick board's the slowest one. Mm -hmm. I always use the trick board. Uh, In my opinion, the handling is way more valuable than the other stats personally yeah and like yeah like don't even think about it as being slower than the other ones (laughs) (laughs) i mean i used i used all three boards in an attempt to beat the dinosaur this is part of the reason why i think that it took like 100 hours to Mm -hmm. do because i kept jumping back and like maybe i'll try a different board now your turning is different Yeah, yeah your turning's all different and shit and i will say i ended up using balance board for the rest of the time that i played the game And it's really, like, the handling is way more important than you would think in the game. Mm -hmm. So you're always trick board is not, like, a throw pick. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it is a preference, and it is is what I thought of when I saw the rails. Yeah. Yeah, Because grinding on the rail, that's a trick. Yeah, that never occurred to me at all, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. The game has a lot of hallmarks of stuff that, that were in games, and I think that, like, the shortcuts and stuff, uh... Play well, honestly. They're a lot easier to see and use than most of the ones in, in other kart races. Yeah, they don't play. feel like they're super secret. Yeah. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> Which is like a good and bad, right? Like, yeah. being able to take advantage of it. Like, make an educated choice when you're playing mm-hmm. is better than just randomly And they, and they take more it. skill to do. Right. Which is also, I think, a good idea. Yeah. Are there, I remember, for some reason, specifically... Uh, a shortcut in Diddy Kong Racing in one of the hovercraft levels mm. that was like so fucking hard to <laughs> like actually go through it. Yeah, that uh, I don't know why. I agree. I think having a little bit of skill required to do the shortcut, good thing. Yeah, having that much skill, <laughs> bad thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Do we have trick board thoughts? <laughs> uh, my trick board thoughts are, um, yeah, as I've, I've said uh, multiple times, it's a childhood favorite of mine. Um, there's so much about like the presentation and the music and the sound effects that are just burned into my brain. Um, <laughs> and coming back to it, I was very pleased that like it held up for me anyway. Um, like it still felt like familiar to control to me, and I was able to like. Um, to go through it pretty like enjoyably and smoothly um 
So, yeah, like, because you always worry when you revisit, like, an old favorite that you haven't played in a long time that it's going to suck now. I've never worried about that at all. <laughs> Listen to our last episode on Space Station Silicon Valley. Uh, and, yeah, especially after playing that, I was like, oh, man, a snowboard kid's going to, like, suck ass. Um, and in my opinion, at least, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um, yeah, I, I, it would have been nice to get to get to do a little bit more of the multiplayer, but... You know, it is what it is. Um, it, the it has this like a substantial campaign, which is unique for a kart racer at the time. And I, if for my money anyway, I think this is better than Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> um, it, it pulling that off, like it's a little bit simpler. Um, it doesn't quite go uh, so hard with it, and I think it ends up benefiting uh, from that. They can put the money in the places that matter a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a fun. I don't know if it counts as a hidden gem, because uh, like, so, like randomly, like a bunch of people will know about it, and then other people have never heard of it before. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a it's a fun like maybe overlooked cult classic or something. Uh, that if you like kart racers or you like N sixty four PS one era games, like it's definitely I think a cool one to check out. Yeah, and if you don't like kart racers, uh, listen up. Uh, I don't like kart racers. Uh, this game didn't change my mind on that. I agree with you. I actually think this game, as much as it almost pains me to say it, I think this game is significantly... No. It's at least marginally better than Diddy Kong Racing. I think I hate Diddy Kong Racing more than I dislike this game. Uh which is which is a lot because that's rare. That's an established studio that makes you know good games that I've enjoyed. I think to me this ends up being like my space station Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. though I'm way I feel way less strongly about it because I think you wear a T-shirt every single day that says 3D platformers aren't dead, <laughs> and on the back it says bring back 3D platformers. Uh, and so having uh, one to play and having it suck as bad as space station Silicon Valley did. Uh, it was probably way more devastating. Whereas when I picked this up, I was like, I'm not going to like this. As soon as I found out it was <laughs> the car racer, I was like, I'm going to do my best to have as much fun with this as I can. Uh, and it allows you to have a lot of fun, actually. I think I think this is a good game for the time, especially uh, and if you are a kart racing fan, I think this is one that you should go play if you haven't. Uh, because I think it's really eye-opening, to me anyway, like, why Mario Kart is such a, a popular game when I don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Like, g- making good comparisons, like, both good and bad, like, here, we like, we did. Like, there's some things about this that I think are actually unique and very cool. Uh, and then there are other things that I think, like, the item system and bosses that are great examples of, like, this is somebody striking out in a direction and it not working in the genre. And we've learned that and you don't see boss battles in your kart races these days. Uh, and I think we know why. Um, so yeah, I, I went in thinking that I would be medium on this game, uh, started really liking it, then hating it, then (laughs) cooling off and coming back around to liking it again. So I'm actually kind of positive on this at the end of the day. Uh, even though, like, I don't want to play it anymore or ever again, <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It is cool, and I, I enjoyed uh, the racing part of it. It was actually uh, pretty fun when I wasn't being flattened. 
Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? I'm so glad that you asked, Annie, because I'm excited to find out. Uh, next week, actually two weeks from now, <laughs> I, I'm actually very confused because of recording order, but eventually the next thing you'll see from us on this feed uh, is going to be the world famous uh, and oh, hotly debated, as always, No Clip Awards. Uh, which will be coming out sometime early in the new year. Uh, however, uh, we are then going to take a little bit of time, and then we're going to find out... A little baby you, break. little baby break, and we're going to find out what you want us to play uh, on Fan Brewery. So we will uh, start amassing suggestions over the course of January, and we'll put an announcement up uh, on our Discord and, I guess, Twitter... Uh, we'll find some way to push it out to people who aren't on the Discord uh, of what games we're actually going to start talking about in February. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm fucking excited. I loved February last year. Yeah, me too. And if you're in our Discord and you're listening, like, please leave suggestions as often as you want. Um, <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for a while now. Um, we, so We plumb right out of games. Well, not quite. But like, there's just less stuff we're like dying to do. Yeah. Uh, so we're like much more open to suggestions, and we will get to them quicker than six months. Yeah. In these days, um, and yeah, and if there, if you if you have listened to a few episodes and you think, oh, they never talk about anything I like, like please make suggestions. Yeah. They honestly like the thing for February is like if it's a game that we probably wouldn't talk about, it's going to be way higher on our list of priorities because that's. Yeah. Like, we had, like, a whole scale. Well, maybe we'll explain it someday. Not right now. This is the end of the episode. There's no reason to. Uh, so, yeah, I would love to love to hear what everybody wants to hear about and and that. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. Uh, there you can find links to our Twitter account, our email address, the YouTube channel, which contains all of our past episodes, uh, including the one that we did uh, just a couple weeks ago on Space Station Silicon Valley, uh, the one on Diddy Kong Racing, and... Uh... I mean, I think that's it. Sure. I mean, it's definitely the only ones that I think really <laughs> compare here. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and on Google Podcasts. Uh, and then waffle stomp that like button. Oh, it's the only thing to do. <laughs> if you waffle stomp the like button, actually, it is going to flatten every single person in the comment section. Mm -hmm. So you know, be so you know, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to get back up to top speed. <laughs>